Welcome to the Developing Leaders Impacting Kids podcast, a podcast all about sharing ideas, tips, and strategies to help you develop as a Kidman leader. Thanks for listening to today's episode, featuring a favorite presentation from one of our training experiences. To download today's show notes or to learn more about our certification program, training intensives, and Institutes of Children's Ministry, visit our website, cogop.org slash children. Why have we not engaged children in intercession? Why have we not engaged children in intercession? What are some of the reasons we have not engaged children in intercession? Lack of understanding, know-how, how-to, maybe? What are some of the reasons, what are some of the other reasons we've not engaged children in intercession? Maybe we don't understand that God can use them in intercession. Anything else? Might seem scary to the children. Um... Do you think that our own personal passion related to intercession might have something to do with why children are not engaged in intercession? Okay. What are some of the challenges we might face when we begin involving children in intercession? Us not knowing how to intercede? What's another challenge we might face? Parents. Maybe some of the parents thinking that is too intense for their children. Them not understanding intercession themselves. Any other challenges? I think children, when they get around the children, they can be shy to speak out. Shy to speak out, okay. Uh, the unbelief of adults. You know, do, can children really be, be involved in intercession? I think another thing is our focus sometimes on programming rather than ministry. Sometimes it's hard to child, move children into that place of intercession because we do tend to be more comfortable with programs rather than ministry. Okay, what will be some of the benefits when we, uh, we will experience when we see our children involved in intercession? What, what could be some of the benefits? Revival, revival among our children, revival among our church. What's another benefit? Okay. What's another benefit? They will be engaged in worship. They will be engaged in an intimacy with the Father that they have never been engaged in. Okay. They will have faith. They will experience a growing faith in the Lord. They will begin to understand what it means to have authority, to have spiritual authority. Okay? Um, Let me share a a little story. Um, We have adopted the nation of Afghanistan in our church. Our church is a church plant, and it's moving from being a... uh, It's moving into learning about the Holy Spirit. And... um, the, the people, uh, Rick and I have been uh, kind of a leaven to leaven them into becoming people of the Spirit. And uh, that began with a relationship with our pastor about 12 years ago. And he has become Spirit-filled and a lot of the people in our congregation. 
but they are moving from programming into ministry. So this has been an interesting journey that we've been on with these people. And people just are becoming spirit-filled in their prayer times and in, in, in small prayer groups. And so it's just been interesting. So we've adopted Afghanistan. So I, uh, on our prayer night for Afghanistan, uh, I brought the children together and we had a prayer night for Afghanistan. Well, that night I taught the children the di- why the children of Afghanistan needed the Lord. And I taught them how the children of Afghanistan were Muslims. And I taught them the difference between being a Christian and being a Muslim. And in doing that, I taught them that uh, the how Christ was the only way. And I taught them the bridge, how uh, Jesus died on the cross and became a bridge between God and man. And at the end of that session... Um, I gave an altar invitation, unplanned. I really hadn't planned it, but the Holy Spirit moved on me to invite the children to receive Christ. And five of the children raised their hand to receive Christ. During that night, we'd had a prayer time for Afghanistan, and I'd asked the children to pray, and I'd had a creative way for them to pray. None of the children had wanted to pray out loud. There was a really shy little boy in there named Sam, and Sam had not wanted to pray out loud at all for the children of Afghanistan. The next week we came back, Sam had been one of the ones that had raised his hand and had prayed to receive Christ as Savior. The next week we came back, and when it came time to pray for the children of Afghanistan, Sam was the first one that raised his hand and said, yes, I want to pray. And immediately... And I said, Sam, do you want me to help you? No. He immediately prayed, and he prayed, Lord, help the children of Afghanistan to come to know Christ as Savior. What had happened? The Holy Spirit had quickened his heart. He knew Jesus Christ now, and he knew how to pray for the children. And that is what's going to happen as we begin to teach children to intercede. They're going to come to know Christ as Savior. The Holy Spirit's going to enter their lives, and they're going to begin to have that courage to pray. So God's going to do amazing things as we let our kids, uh, as we begin teaching intercession. Okay, let's start talking about laying the foundation of intercession. First of all, share your heart for people to be engaged in the, for children to be engaged in the ministry of intercession. Share your heart for people to be engaged in the ministry of intercession. Turn in your Bibles. There is a, a scripture there, and it is very powerful. Second Chronicles twenty two through four through thirteen. We won't talk a lot about this because of our time, but it is so powerful. Second Chronicles twenty two through four. This is a powerful story, but I had never looked at it in this way before. This is the story of Jehoshaphat, and I just want you to look at the, at the you know the story. The, the Ammonites and the Moabites were coming against them. It was a huge army, but look at what Jehoshaphat did. The scripture says Jehoshaphat called all the people together, and he it says all the men of Judah with their wives and their children and the little ones stood there before the Lord. Who stood before the Lord? Was it, just the, was it just the men? It was the wives and the little ones. Jehoshaphat gave every 
everyone the opportunity to stand before the Lord at the time of crisis. And I hope that we can help people to understand that it is so important for us to give our children the opportunity to stand before the Lord. Now, can you imagine the children of Israel were facing this huge army? It was a terrifying time in their nation. The children were experiencing the terror just as much as their moms and dads. They were experiencing the terror. What if they had been left at home and not allowed to stand before the Lord? They would have still felt the terror. But Jehoshaphat allowed them to stand before the Lord. So they participated in the time of seeking the Lord. They participated in the time of praise. They participated in the time of fasting. And they experienced the victory. They stood before the Lord. And we think about it when it was all over, when the battle was won, when there was victory. Think about the story those children had to tell. Can you imagine? We today, when we allow our children to be separated from our troubles, from our battles, when we allow them to be separated, they never know. They have the fear. They, they're experiencing the terror of it because they, they know things are going on. They experience the terror of it. They, they never experience the time of intercession. They never experience the time of seeking the Lord. They never experience the time of praise. They never experience the time of victory. And therefore, they never have the story to tell. All they remember is the fear and the terror. But Jehoshaphat allowed the children to stand before the Lord. And because of that, they had a story to tell. We need to share with our congregations and our children that they are invited to stand before the Lord. And when our children stand before the Lord, then they have a story to tell. Let us share with our congregations that our children have a story to tell because they have stood before the Lord. Teach foundational truths. And I am not going to deal with foundational truths today. But our children need to know the foundational truths of prayer. Many curriculums will teach this. So you probably have these in your Sunday school curriculums, in your children's worship curriculums. We're not going to deal with these today. Prayer is talking to God. God teaches me how to pray. God listens when I pray. God answers my prayer. God talks to me. These are foundational truths. Our children need to know these before they go into intercession. So I would suggest before you begin teaching about intercession, you teach a foundational, um, you teach a foundational uh, study on prayer. And it would include these things. What is prayer? It's talking to God. God will teach me how to pray. God listens when I pray. God answers my prayer. Remember, God doesn't always say yes, though, does he? Children need to know that. God sometimes says no. Sometimes he says wait. And sometimes he says yes. And God will also talk to me, so I need to listen. God wants me to pray for others. God wants me to intercede. Then teach the children 
what intercession is, and that is where we're going to talk today. And one of the ways to teach children what intercession is, is the story, um, is helping them to, um, one of the ways to teach children what intercession is, is to talk to them, uh, show them, uh, for example, how a judge and a lawyer uh, work together on behalf of a defendant. Um, you might have someone come up and be the judge. Would somebody come up very quickly and be the judge for us? Who will be a judge? Real quickly. David, come be the judge. Quickly. Come stand right there. Okay. Now I need a, um, a lawyer. Okay, Jordan, you're the lawyer. Go stand on that side. Okay, you're the lawyer. And now we need a defendant. Okay, quickly. Okay, Anne is the defendant. Who wants to... Now, we'll, we'll pretend like Anne's a kid. She's done something. I think Anne's cheated on her second grade math test. Oh, dear. Anne, come over there so we won't be in the light here. Okay, now, uh, Anne, you've cheated on your second grade math, math test. And, Jordan, your job is to defend Anne before the judge. Okay? Okay, can you help? Okay, go ahead, Jordan. Your job is to defend Anne before the judge. Anne You want to persuade the judge to be merciful. Anne wasn't very well prepared. She was really sick. She, she had bronchitis. They learned division. And, um,. You know, Anne just, she really wanted to get a good grade on the test because, because you know, she, she, she really wanted, she just needed that grade and she was sick. Look, look at this bitch. <laughs> she was sick. <laughs> yeah, she, she was sick. And she was out of school. And she brought a doctor bill. <laughs> Because they have a need. Now here's some stories in the Bible about people who were intercessors. Abraham was an intercessor for Lot. Do you remember that story? And a good way that I share this story, if um, I don't know if any of you have been in one of the one days, but we share this story. And um, we acted out. And I pretend like I only like yellow M&Ms. Do you see any yellow M&Ms in this? I am going to throw this whole jar of yellow M&Ms away. If uh, this whole jar of M&Ms away, if I don't find a yellow one, and somebody comes up and says, "No, no, no! Don't throw the jar of yellow M&Ms away. If you just find five, will you save it?" I say, "Well, if I find five and I look for five, no, there's not five in here. I'm going to throw it away." Somebody comes up to me and says, "No, no, no! Don't throw." If you can just find four, will you save it? I look for four. There's not four. They beg me again. Three, will you save it? 
I look, but there's not three. Two, will you save it? I look, but there's not two. They say, will you save it if there's just one? Well, maybe if there's just one. And I pour it out. And how many do you think I find? How many do you think I find? Just one. And who does that remind us of? Abraham. He interceded for Lot. Did God save the city? No, but what did he do? He saved Lot and his family. Did Abraham change God's mind? Yes, he did. He saved Lot and his family just for just because of Abraham's prayer. God changed his mind because Abraham interceded. He prayed. And when we pray for people, God will change his mind because of our prayers. And then I give the kids the yellow M&Ms with an index card. And I let them glue the M&M on and write the prayer, write the name of a person that they are going to pray for to ask God to pray for and ask God to help that person for something they need. Another person who interceded in the Old Testament was Moses. And I'm going to need somebody to come hold this card over here. Uh, Corey, come hold the card for Moses. Stand right here and I want you to be, stand in the middle, you're Moses. Remember, an interceder comes between God and the person. And um, I need somebody to be God here for me. Okay, who will come be God? Oh, I'm sorry, Corey. Yes, I did remember that. You know, Corey. Yes, I forgot. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Oh, heavens. Anna, will you come be... I know it's a humbler position, Anna, but... You know, yes. How could I forget that? Who will be the children of Israel? Okay, here you go, Mary. Okay, so you remember that the children of Israel, they made the idol while Moses was up getting the Ten Commandments. And God was so angry. He said to Moses, he said, Moses... I'm just going to destroy them. I'll just raise up people from you. And I'll just take you into the land. But Moses interceded. God was going to just destroy him. But Moses and, and Anna, will you just plead? Just beg God. Just beg him. You, just God. You know, just beg him. Please, please, please. Please. So who is the intercessor here? Moses. And then I asked the children, I'm going to let, and I'm going to let you now be the intercessor. And I asked the children, who, who will you be the intercessor for? And let them put the names of the people. And so think about who are you going to be interceding for? Who are you going to be talking about? Who are you going to be talking to God about? Moses was talking to God. Moses talked to God for the children of Israel. Oh, sorry. Moses talked to God. You already did it for me. You're so good. Moses talked to God for the children of Israel. But who will you be talking to God for? Who will you be interceding for? So these Bible characters help the children understand a Bible character in the New Testament that interceded for God 
was the the early church interceded for Peter, and that is in Acts two, Acts twelve and five, uh, Acts twelve five through seventeen. Okay. The second important thing that we want children to do. There are other ones. Oh, wait a minute. We already talked about. Oh, this is a great scripture too. I went beyond it. First Timothy two one. Let's see if I wrote it out. Yes. No, I didn't. First Timothy two one is a great scripture. Let me just read that. I think I wrote it in my notes. Maybe not. Does anybody have that scripture? First Timothy two one is a good scripture. Okay. Let me read it in NIV, just the first part. Uh, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone. That's a good scripture for kids to help them understand what intercession is and a good scripture for them to memorize. 1 Timothy 2.1. Okay, now help children determine what should I be praying for people. What should I be praying for people? First of all, help kids understand the greatest need that anyone has is salvation. Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23. Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23. So when a child comes to you and they say, my mom and dad need need a job, always remind them in some way, does your mom and dad know Jesus? Help them to, first of all, focus on the greatest need. Because no matter what condition that person is in, they may have been in a terrible car accident. But we want to point the children to pray, first of all, for that person's soul, for that person's salvation. So bring them to that need, first of all. The greatest need is salvation. For all have sinned. For the wages of sin is death. And the gift of God is eternal life. The second thing is we want to pray God's word for that person because when we pray God's word, we are praying God's will. And some of the God's word that we want to pray for God's uh, for them, one is Romans 10.1. Romans 10.1 is a great scripture. And um, teaching kids to pray God's word is very important and you have to simplify it. I'm going to get Romans 10.1 right here for you quickly. Brothers, my heart desire and my prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. I'm not going to have the kids say it like that, right? But here's what they're going to say. God, what I want most for my dad is that he be saved. Okay? I'm going to teach kids to pray that scripture. God, what I want most for my dad is that he be saved. Romans 10.1 Because when they're praying God's word, they're praying God's will. God, what I want most for my friend Jim is that he be saved. They're praying God's word. Romans 10.1 is a great one. Another one, Philippians 4.19 Thank you, God. Okay, say they're saying to you, Lord, uh, not Lord, but they're saying to you, my dad needs a job. Romans 4.19 Thank you, God, that you will meet all of my dad's needs. Thank you, God, that you will meet all my dad's needs. 
You're teaching them to pray the word according to your amazing riches which are available in Christ Jesus. Now what you're going to need to do to teach kids to pray the word is you're going to have to simplify the word and put it on an index card and let them learn how to read it first of all. Okay? But teach them to pray the word because it's praying God's will for them. Here's another one. Um, Psalm 56.3. It says, when I am afraid, I will trust you. So a lot of kids have fear and other people that they pray for have fear. God, when, that might be their sister. When my sister is afraid, help him to trust in you. So when, when they give a prayer request, help them to find a scripture. It, that doesn't always happen. You don't have time. But teach them some scriptures that they can pray. Write them on index cards and let them take them home and pray them. You might have a blank in there for a person's name so that they can fill it in. Okay? So praying God's word is praying God's will. And when we pray God's word, that's already settled in heaven. We know it's going to happen. So teach kids to pray God's word. Simplify it. It doesn't have to be just like it's written in the Bible. It has to mean the same thing. Okay? Okay. God, through His Word and through His Spirit, will teach children how to pray. Um, the disciples said in Luke 11, 1, Lord, teach me how to pray. And teach the children as they start to pray to ask, say, to, and I say this to the Lord a lot of times when I start my prayer, and teach the children to say it. Lord, as I begin my prayer time today, show me how to pray. Show me how to pray, Lord. And the other thing, um, the Holy Spirit also shows us how to pray. Romans 8.26. So let the children learn that the Holy Spirit will teach them how to pray. That they don't, they don't have to pray a form. The Holy Spirit can show them how to pray. And the more they practice praying, the more they will learn to pray. The more you pray with children, the more they will learn to pray. And the more we pray, the more we'll learn to pray. Okay, so helping children determine prayer needs is through knowing that salvation is the most important thing we pray for, praying God's word is praying God's will, and learning to pray through the scripture and through the spirit. Okay, providing children prayer tools. Simple prayer list. Doesn't have to be fancy, but giving children a prayer list. It can be um, just, just a card where they write everything down and they take it home for the week. It can be, um, for, it can be one of the things that I do for me and I do it for kids is on Monday, for me, on Monday I pray for uh, my family. On Tuesday, I pray for my for the international office. On Wednesday, I pray for my pastors. I have two sets of pastors, so I pray for my pastors. On Thursday, I have an, I have another set. So I do that for children. I have a, a, a and and I have a notebook for them. On Monday, they on the notebook they pray for. I have a page in the notebook that they pray for. On Tuesday, make them a notebook uh, and that has a Monday list, a Tuesday list, a Wednesday list, a Wednesday page. You can do that. Simple. Doesn't cost much. Um, so you can do it that way. Um, this is something that is free through uh, Samaritan's Purse. It's a little 12-month prayer journal. If you do it early in the year, they've got plenty of them. 
Um, but just something, a little prayer tool. So it can be a prayer list, just a little notebook you make, anything like that. Give them things like this. Um, we have these out here for sale. These are very simple. We'll talk more about these. Prayer cards. This one is for your neighborhood. Give things like this to your children. This one is for the neighborhood. Uh, we have them for parents, for my dad, for my mom, for my school. Here's one uh, to help them pray for the world is the thumb card, which is the five major religions of the world today. It shows them how to pray for them and what to pray for. Little prayer cards like this that they can keep in their Bible or in their notebook or put on their bulletin board at their house. Just giving them prayer tools, prayer lists, prayer journals. Teach them how to make their own prayer journal. Then plan prayer activities. And that is where we're going to spend the rest of our time. Is it time to go? You guys are going to shoot me. I don't blame you. Five minutes. Go. Okay. Boo, 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 boo. Okay, here we go. We'll go through it really fast. One of the things we do that I do with kids, take, um, and I'm going to turn this off because we don't need it. And I don't want to be walking off of it. Okay, one of the things we do with kids, you can do this with your local news, with your um, regional news, with your national news, prayer events, take things out of your newspaper that they need to pray about, uh, put them on uh, cardboard, and talk to the kids about them. You can write a, if your kids are readers, write a brief paragraph on the back, let them read it in small groups, talk about things they need to pray about about it, get in small groups and pray together about it. For example, this is the earthquake in China, this is the cyclone in Myanmar. Uh, but it can be things in your own area. Some, perhaps a child got run over, someone is sick in your area. Uh, current events. Here's one that is so powerful. Uh, we call this is our laying on of hands wall. Let uh, people in your church um, write their prayer needs on a hand and let your kids go lay hands on this and pray for this prayer need. They're laying on hands. Uh, we call these prayer targets. Um, it can be specific areas. Let the kids write for their school things that they would pray for. And let the kids get in small groups and pray for these things. I like for the kids to work together in small groups in these things. Now, if you've got like eight kids in your group, come together. Put the target in the floor and all of you get together and lay hands on the target. And let the kids pray sentence prayers for it. Uh, it could be the world. It could be the family. It could be the church. It could be a neighborhood. Target and write things all around the target. Let the kids help you come up with the things you're going to pray for it. Let me not leave anything out here. Um, hold on just a minute. I want to just get all my notes. Um, prayers for the prayer for the sick. Um, prayer for the sick. Let me see where I've got it. Here's something. Uh, if you have sick people, let the children do a get well card. Write their, let every child write their name. Then let them lay their hands on the get well card and pray for the pray for that person before you send the get well card. Another thing, um, I brought prayer claws. Um, you know, you can get prayer claws. 
I just brought these because I didn't have time, but much more creative. Get squares of bright colored paint, bright colored cloth that the kids enjoy. Um, and let the kids anoint the prayer cloth, lay their hands on the prayer cloth, and pray for that person, and then send that cloth to the person. Not These are kind of too adult for kids. Um, another thing, instead of that, get big Band-Aids, because kids understand Band-Aids a bit better than prayer cloth. But get big Band-Aids and anoint them and pray for that person and put it in an envelope with a note and let the person know that you have prayed for that person. Um, Prayer walks. Oh, another thing. Teach the children about flash prayers. And I do this a lot when I see, I don't know if you ever walk around and you see people that look so depressed anymore. But teach children that when they walk by a person that is crippled or a person that is sick, looks sick, or a person that looks depressed, that they can send a prayer up to the Lord right then for that person. Teach them that they can just say, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray a blessing over that person right now. Teach that per- teach the children that they, and we I call them flash prayers, that they can just speak a prayer over that person. Prayer walk, let me just quickly say something about prayer walking. Um, in prayer walking, choose a site Talk to the kids ahead of time about the prayer walking. Talk about what are we going to pray for? What are the needs? It might be a school. It might be a community where you are going to start an outreach ministry. It might be your church. It might be walking around the parking lot of your church. And talk to the kids, first of all, what are we going to pray about? And then do partners. Let the kids partner up. And then as they walk around, they're going to be saying those things that you've talked about. They're going to be praying. And then come back together and talk about how did it feel? What do you think God did? What do you expect to see because of this prayer walking? Okay. And do this consistently. Do this prayer walking consistently. And think about how the kids are going to be blessed by this prayer walking. It's a powerful activity. Teach kids to pray for the world. If you have a Sunday school classroom or children's worship, you should have a world map. This is called the 1040 window right here. It's, um, it's, um, it's 10 degrees. Let me read my directions because I never can remember for sure. The, it's the bottom line of the window is 10 degrees above the equator. And it's and the top of the window is ten de, is forty degrees above the uh, equator. It's forty degrees. The left side is the west coast of Africa, and the right side of the window goes all the way across the other side of Japan. This is the pop, the greatest uh, number of people in the world live here, and it's the least amount of Christianity lives. The most people who have never heard of Jesus live here. And our kids need to know about this play, this this area of the world, and they need to pray for this area of the world. A world map helps our kids begin to be conscious 
of areas of the world that they can focus on for prayer. So have a world map. It, you might not pray for a country that's in the world 1040 window, but this is an area that is a very important area to focus on in prayer. So uh, I, there's some more information there that you can pray for. Another thing that we do at our church, we have a night, we have a prayer room uh, about once a quarter, and we try to involve our, our kids, but you could just have a prayer room for kids and have prayer station. One of them can be the cross, and you can have post-it notes and let the kids write the names of people who do not know Jesus on post-it notes and paste it to the cross and pray for them. Another thing you could do is to have a globe and uh, let the kids just put their finger on a nation and pray for kids. What we do for our kids to help them to know how to pray for kids of the world uh, or of a nation is we put things in a bag that kids would need in a country. And one of the things we put in is like an umbrella We because an umbrella reminds us of protection and kids in most nations of the world need protection. We put items of food because kids need food. We put items of clothing. We put uh, like a pencil because kids need education. When they pull that out, they pray for that for those kids. So you can have that. Another thing we have is a city map and maybe a flashlight to pray that the people in our city would know the light of Jesus. You could have a church bulletin and a list of the leaders of the church. So make centers for people to pray. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To download today's show notes or to learn more about our certification program, training intensives, and institutes of children's ministry, visit our website, cogop.org children. 